so how are you today connor oh i'm just great are, are we recording now <laughs> yes we are awesome <laughs> yeah i'm doing good good uh, good yeah all moved in readjusting to being at home i was gonna say yeah, it's the time because we were talking before i hit record you know you're freshman in college now yeah but during a pandemic things are always changing so how are you just kind of rolling with the punches and stuff man because it's not i know it can't be easy no you have to you have to adapt there's a lot of adapting that has to be going on um like at one point all of our classes went online for like three or four weeks Mm -hmm. just because our covid cases got so high it was one day i think 25 percent of kids that were tested tested positive Wow, which is crazy. You haven't tested positive yet, have you? Or any? No. Have you known of anybody, like any of your friends or anything, tested positive? A few of my friends have. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, I I have not. I actually got tested like this week, and I was negative. Um, But yeah, no, it's crazy. (laughs) So many people are getting it at my school, which isn't a surprise. It's like one of the highest ranked party schools like in the country, but. Same with my alma mater, Miami. Man, they're a big party school. So, I mean, I, I don't know anyone that goes to Miami anymore. I'm six years removed at this point. But at the same time, yeah. it's like I've seen the cases go up over there. And it's just like, man, I'm – Isn't I don't, Stanford what, a party school now? What's that? Isn't Stanford a party school now? I believe so. I don't know. I haven't paid attention much to college since I graduated, honestly. Yeah, I guess that would be a very me demographic type thing to know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. I turned thirty this year, so I'm just kind of like, you know what? The one thing I'm focusing on right now is just uh, work and trying to stay healthy. I'm gonna try to appreciate the time I'm in school because I don't want to have to like get a job and stuff. That sounds awful. <laughs> I'm <gonna>, terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like I miss my times in college. Life. Oh. <laughs> it's weird. Like when I while I was in college, I'm like I. You know what? It's not fun. But looking back, I'm like, I wish I could go back and just appreciate it more. I'm, I'm not ready to live off of a meal plan. <laughs> good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the 13 a day I get. I mean, 13 a week. Good. Yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, work's not so bad. It's, it's I mean, you get paid, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's one of the upsides. <laughs> Probably the only upside. but uh you good sir i mean i we already have already had an interview about summerland but i feel like now that i've played it it's what's it like to almost be at the the finish line now with this game oh it's awesome it's so hey is your audio like catching in my mic i feel like every time you talk i get see my cam like pop up green um i can tell you i can't really hear it um, okay, that's fine. There's been like one time where I heard myself, but it was so faint. I it, All right, no it, worries. I'm just making sure it wasn't going to mess up the recording. Oh, you're good. Um, yeah, no, it, coming up on release is incredible, honestly. I, uh, it's weird. You get this feeling every time I do one of these projects, mm-hmm. right? Like when it was Welcome to the Dreamscape, there's this, this like buildup of excitement and also pure terror uh, with releasing this game you've worked I mean, with uh, Summerland's case, all, over a year, about a year and a half, um, mm-hmm. probably more than that, uh, just out to the public and saying, hey, uh, you don't know all of the effort that was put into this. You critique it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I will tell you, the Steam community is not uh, not good at sugarcoating things when it comes to their critiques of games. 
I don't know if you've ever yeah. scrolled through a Steam review section. Uh, it's brutal. It gets yeah. brutal. <laughs> I was going to say, so it's scary. have you given off like early copies of the game to people in the Steam community and have them review I it? I actually uh, plan on doing that tonight. Oh, okay. I plan on sending out a lot. I did a lot of closed like um, early review copies. Like you got a review copy because you were kind of talking to me during the development process. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, here you go. Uh, game's done. I sent it to a few other people, but I think tonight I'm going to start sending it out to like more public uh, journals and such. Mm-hmm. Hope I get some more reviews. Hope those reviews are good. I think the reviews will be good. I think fingers they will crossed. be. Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> uh, there's a couple questions I had about the game and its development okay. um, that kind of struck me. Well, first of all, did Welcome to the Dreamscape, did it have sound based on distance the way Summerland did? Because I don't recall it having that. I, I'm trying to remember back. I know. I, <laughs> I don't remember there being a situation where I was like, "Yeah, this needs to be like with distance," because mm-hmm. there wasn't much 3D spatial audio going on. Right. A lot of like the character dialogue was through like intercoms and rooms and stuff. So mm-hmm. there wasn't that like, if I turn this way, then the person's going to be over here, and if I'm this far away from the person, they're going to be talking from that far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of situations like that. A lot of the audio was pretty 2D. And not just in the design, but like in the game itself, like mm-hmm. uh, diatonically. Yeah. Um, but no, that was definitely something I wanted to implement a lot more because audio was a weak point of Dreamscape, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I got it with this one. I, I think so, too. You absolutely nailed it. Because when, when you're in that first room, because that's not a spoiler, when you're in that first room and yeah. – um, or I should say the first trial, um, when you're speaking to – his partner matthew's partner and that was the first thing i noticed right off the gate and i'm like there's volume based on distance here that that's and that that it struck uh, and then that's something i tried testing out further as the game progressed and noticed it with just about everything i'm like this is awesome the i remember when you messaged me when you first playing the game about the footsteps Mm -hmm. uh and i thought that was really funny because right before i had sent out that copy this uh do you are you familiar with the band sleeping lion i am not so one of their members, uh, Nate Flax, I think, I think that's a lot. It's either Falks or Flax. Either way, um, Nate. he did the sound design. He did the sound design for some of the footsteps. He did a few things uh, aside from that as well, mm-hmm. right before I had sent that to you. And uh, I did an interview on his podcast as well. And I told him that when I gave you the review copy, the first thing you messaged me was how much you liked the footsteps. <laughs> I, well, because... Uh... I think for Welcome to the Dreams Guy, I think I mentioned it in the review. I think the reason why it stood out, it felt like the volume was kind of turned up in a way. And so it stood out, like, and you heard that yeah. over and over again. Whereas Welcome to the Dreams, or whereas Summerland, I felt like the volume on Footsteps wasn't like turned, wasn't cranked all the way up. And then um, you, within the first 10 minutes, you hit like three or four different um, materials. And then, so as soon as they changed, I was like, wait a minute, they changed. And so I I like, it was, I literally was walking between two different, like between the grass and the cave in that first trial. I did it like a couple of times just to make sure I wasn't going crazy. (laughs) No, one of my main goals with Summerland was detail. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to make it a very detailed game and I wanted to have a lot of subtle things. I I think the footsteps is one of those things, uh, just little things around the environment. I wanted to do that. Like in the, in that first open area, the forest, you could see like leaves falling from the trees. Mm -hmm. If you like stop and actually pay attention, you can see dust particles. 
everywhere in most places in the game at least uh like little little things on the ground uh pictures of families and stuff Mm -hmm. and rooms and i think it adds a lot to the overall experience and narrative of the game it really does especially i mean because you really set the tone with that first trial because when you you don't have to enter in that house but you can and there's so much added to it when you do because uh, it's just one of those things you don't need to go inside to progress the story but if you want a little background of what's going on and all this other stuff i'm like that's really that's what i was wanting from something like welcome to the dreamscape yeah i wanted to make a lot of optional stuff uh going into this game i i was thinking welcome to the dreamscape was incredibly linear for what it was Mm -hmm. Uh, and summerland is also very linear of a game uh i don't i don't think it's a negative no i don't remember if i've talked to you uh about this before but on our last interview um, I think linearity in games is seen too much as a negative nowadays. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to make, I say everyone, like big studios for the most part, want to make these big open world, expansive, uh, live service type games. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's the market now. But there's more than one market when it comes to games. Mm-hmm. And there is a niche. It's not even a niche. It's like this big <laughs> community that likes linear games. Mm-hmm. Like God of War. That's, that's not an open world game, but they made a single player fairly linear game that sold tons yeah or even there's like there's people that want that yeah absolutely even with something uh because i felt like you know you look at just your big studios like ea ubisoft um i feel like they're taking a lot of their main franchises and making them open world with a linear story built in but you have to it has an open world like around that story but something like star wars or God of War or Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, like there, there's just those few times where they, where these studios will make this linear experience and everyone loves it. Like everyone loves it, you know. And it's just like, why aren't we? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing those again? The with Summerland, I wanted to have that linear story because mm-hmm. with linearity in your story, uh, that gives you control of pacing. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to put the best way to it lets me tell the narrative I want to tell. Mm-hmm without having all these factors influencing it uh i wanted to make the environments explorable for sure uh, each trial you can go wherever you want really you can examine things there's a lot of optional things to look at and i made it so that these optional things um may help, like give you hints on what to do later on mm-hmm. if you observe the right things but um yeah, I did notice that because in the second trial, you're at Matt's house and there yeah. were keys in the same spot every single time, mm-hmm. which plays into much later on to the story. Because when he yeah. said, I have to grab my keys, I'm like, I know where to go now because I've noticed it every time I'm inside the house. Even in that level, there's um, – I'm trying to think of what I want to say without giving away too much of the level. But the, the last task you have to complete, mm-hmm. I guess, um, that guitar, if you like look at that before – you need it. He'll like pretty much tell you that you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't notice that. Um, but no, I, I did notice it. Cause when he, when that comes up later on, I do remember it took me a second. Like, what do I need? I'm like, Oh wait, there's a guitar. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to do that for a lot of the game. And a lot of the game does function in that way. Um, like you may observe an item and you'll make like an odd comment about it. And then maybe 10 minutes later, you'll have an objective that needs that item. I, that, I know, was, that, that was very, just something I thought was interesting to add in. I was gonna say it's very small, but it helps a lot, especially when you're going through the game for the first time. And I did, um, 
listen to your criticism as well as the criticism of a lot of people playing this early build of the game. The hint system is done. Good. And okay. It's actually updated in the game. If you if you want to test it out, you have the download code. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> I might do that later because uh, I did notice. I think it was last night I booted up Steam and I saw there was an update for something. I was going to ask you what's what's in the new build. Yeah, yeah. The the new build basically is just uh, the hint system got added, and I I think yeah yeah I totally changed like the game support. This is this is something. It, a positive and a negative i've addressed it on other social medias but i guess i'll say here too uh the mac build mm -hmm. is, is kind of canceled uh-oh yeah so i i don't have a mac so i can't really test anything out i learned that a few months ago it wasn't like a recent thing uh apple updated all of their software to no longer support 32-bit applications mm-hmm and the engine I'm using to make the game, Unity, uh, only outputs 32-bit Mac builds. Wow. Okay. That makes so sense. So I, I, there's actually nothing I can do to make a Mac build of the game anymore. <laughs> uh, so that that left in the newest update. But I did add like better support for 32-bit and 64-bit Windows builds. Okay. It That'd was nice. just 64-bit. But it's, yeah, I'm, I'm expanding a little bit in compensation. Uh, that sucks but also understandable i mean i know yeah. at one point you were looking at uh console releases but um what's it like trying to like attempting to get something on console because you did mention that you don't have yeah. like the funds and stuff for it right now i yeah i just i can't afford it i just can't do it especially with the playstation mm -hmm. uh, xbox i could foresee that happening like that's not super out of the realm of possibility. Okay. With PlayStation, on the other hand, uh, I need a static IP address. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I don't know a ton about what it is or what it does, uh, but I, I, it's required I have one. Okay. Um, and those aren't cheap. Those don't come cheap. It's like fifteen dollars a month. Yeah. Which is not something I can do right now. <laughs> Maybe in the future, right? Maybe. maybe in the future. If you know what, if I get enough donations on Summerland, maybe I'll look into a console release but at the moment um yeah i can't see that happening i'm happy with the release i have right now i am too yeah absolutely like i don't think uh i need a console release for this it's this market is very pc oriented especially since it's a free-to-play game mm -hmm. it's uh you know it's releasing to a, a niche audience this isn't a mainstream type of game and i don't think it's something that everyone's going to be completely on board with just because you know it's like a walking sim mm-hmm that's not something that everyone's into, but I love those games. I think they're awesome. To me, the thing about walking simulator games, I mean, I've played a couple that I haven't liked, uh, like Dear Esther, for example. But um, when they hit, like they hit hard in so many different ways, especially like uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. And I feel like Summerland is up there as well that I will, when I, I tell people all the time when they ask me, what indie game should I check out? Like I'll suggest what remains of Edith Finch to people, um, and I'll start doing something with, similar to Summerland because I feel like the story is that good and the way it builds, and it, it was incredible to experience because you, sir, used a lot sir. of ethical um, like philosophies that I yeah. learned while I was in college, and it like it kind of took me like oh yeah I remember that, and so the way you explained it and stuff I'm like this is really cool I like this. Is this stuff you learned in college? Because I have not taken any of these classes. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I was like, I, I, are these things that I will be learning in college? Because oh. I didn't know that. 
<laughs> Possibly. I don't know. I, I took an ethics class um, while I was in college. So that's probably why I kind of remember that. So, but I still have my ethics book. It's sitting on my pile of college books in my, my closet. That's right off the right off camera right now. I got a lot of these uh, philosophical ideas from watching The Good Place on Netflix. Yes, yes, I love that show. <laughs> uh, so that's like that. That I guess college too. You know, you'll mm -hmm. throw that in there, but you know, <laughs> TV shows. I, there's nothing wrong. I mean, with that because I've learned a lot of stuff through movies, TV shows, video games. So I think the way you added it could possibly make someone curious about some of the more ethical philosophies and philosophers that are out there that you can learn from, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate you like recommending Summerland to people. Oh, no, the, I've, the I've already started. Of, <laughs> like it's not out yet, but trust me. Game being mentioned in the same breath as what remains of Edith Finch is unbelievable to me. I do. I do you have like contact info for those voice actors? Cause I would love to talk to them as well. I, I do i can i can even ask them if they'd be willing to talk to you for like interviews and such awesome because we got uh the voice of edith finch valerie rose loman on our show yeah. she was absolutely amazing and uh, it's just one of those things like ever since that happened i paid attention to her career and i would love to see what happens possibly maybe with some of the voice actors like if they the, do the voice actor work. for matthew mm -hmm. uh if, if i'm not mistaken this is his first game he's ever done that is incredible he did a really good job because yeah he's um He's very, very focused on the field of like audiobooks mm -hmm. and uh, that kind of thing. He's actually British. I don't know if I told you that before. No, he does yeah, a really good. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he does a very uh, good like, know, like accent. audition mm -hmm. until I like started talking to him, and I, I think I looked at his like demo reel, and it was a bunch of like British commercials. <laughs> <laughs> that thing, he does a really good American no, accent. Does. It's awesome. Uh, then Evelyn is actually she does a lot of stuff in games um i don't know if you've ever played the game stick it to the oh sorry You're good. uh if you've ever played the game stick it to the man but she voices a few characters in that okay uh, she's a character in paladins as well really yeah i don't remember which character okay, okay. um i, I have played paladins yeah she's in a deus ex spinoff game as well i own all of those games but i have yet to play them it's like uh deus ex like fallen something okay I don't remember what it is. It's not one of like the mainline ones, but it's a Deus Ex game. Okay, very nice. Um, the the judge, the guy on the phone. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how familiar you are with like social media or, uh, I guess TikTok. Really, <laughs> um, he's he's a his name is Ryan Beard. He's a TikTok comedian. Oh, okay, very uh, nice. He was on America's Got Talent a few years back. Wow, that's impressive. How did he do? Well, I don't watch that show very often. Uh, his first audition got passed. Okay. We got past the first audition. Uh, the second one, uh, it, it was all right. You know, he didn't he didn't move past it. But I was I was a fan. I think he could have done better. I've seen him do better. Mm -hmm. I think he just had like an off performance. It happens. Uh, yeah. No, he's he's a really funny guy. Uh, his he does a series called Unmotivational Monday. It makes me laugh every time. He did it. Yeah, he did it. Fantastic. Your life, hate your life every Monday. <laughs> I have to check him out because he did a he did a good job as well. Because he, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, for especially for a game where his role, he's really talking to someone without literally anybody responding to him. Which yeah, I thought no. the dialogue was very clever. The way it was written around that too. I was initially going to voice that character. That was because I've been a voice in every single game I've made so far, and that was going to be my role. And then he reached out and he was like, "Hey, I want a voice in this." I was like, oh. Oh, so he uh, actually reached he out to you. Than I would. <laughs> That's so you didn't ask him, he asked you. 
yeah no he he um he reached out to me first in like the comment section of one of my like social media posts he was like i would i would really like to be in this and i was like okay uh he said it's his first big acting role um a lot of i guess a lot of these i say a lot there's only four actual yeah. voices in the game <laughs> uh but no the main like the two leads basically have never done anything like this before which i think is crazy that's it's incredible so the guy who plays like the bad guy i can't remember his name charlie charlie yes so yeah. he'd done voice acting work before then yeah he's um i i'd say him and the girl who plays evelyn are the two most like veteran voice actors okay it's uh, I, I i don't want to say his name because i feel like i'm gonna mispronounce it but uh gerhard schreiber okay is his name uh i actually don't know a lot of his past work. I might, I don't know. My phone's my webcam. I was going to look up some of the stuff he's done. Gotcha. I know he's been in stuff before. I can't, I can't think off the top of my head though. All right. I'll, I'll definitely look him up because he, for the few, because he doesn't have a whole lot of, I guess, screen time per se, but the nah. parts he's in, he has a very um, unlikable character, but in a good way. I, I tried to, I tried to make him uh, memorable. I didn't want to make you like side with him very much, but I wanted yeah. you to like remember his voice and remember who he was when you finished the game. Yes, I don't even call him do. a bad guy. <laughs> I don't even think I consider him a villain. I guess not. He's trying to get through the world just in his own way, just like Matthew is. Like if anything, I would because nah, there's a know, small well, there's a small gonna... bit that kind of redeems him in a way that puts him in the same shoes as Matthew. I feel like, but yeah, there's one moment. Yeah, so if you if you got that, it was an optional moment. Yeah, yeah, well, I got that. Okay. There, there's a lot of things I had. I keep going back to like these different side tangents. I apologize. Oh, you're fine. Um, it's completely there, off the cuff. I have nothing planned. <laughs> in in like the that subtlety aspect I was pushing towards, I also wanted a lot of story stuff to be very subtle. Mm -hmm. um, like that Charlie moment. That's one of them. And to anyone listening to this, this is going to make zero sense until you play the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when this, I, I like to call the Charlie moment um you learn a lot and it recontextualizes a lot of the story up until that point mm -hmm. that you won't know unless you look at like one thing um it's not essential to understanding the plot of the game i don't want to hide essential plot details like that i remember there was like a point in outlast 2 if you've ever played it i've only played uh, the first one so far the, there's a point in outlast 2 the game is the story is interesting mm -hmm. but you don't know what's happening unless you read one note it's oh, like hidden dang. away somewhere. Okay. And it makes the story make no sense if you don't read it. <laughs> I hate uh, it when you do that. like that. I hate it when developers do that because that's what Bungie did with Destiny with a lot of their like story stuff. Like you have to go out of your way to find it. And I hate that. I, I got Destiny when it first came out and I the gameplay was awesome. Mm -hmm. The game itself was awesome, but I just hated the story. I completely agree with you. I couldn't keep playing. I like got halfway through, I think, and I was I was done. <laughs> it doesn't motivate you to keep going. No. It literally doesn't. And I remember because when that first game first came out, it took me forever to get through it. And then when I got friends to play with it, it made it better. But it forced me to play through the story. And I'm like, I hate doing this because mm -hmm. this story means nothing to me. I didn't know who any character was. They they come and they leave. I mean, they've yeah. now that Destiny 2 is <laughs> out, like, they've made them like essential characters with all this like lore and back. Yeah, I stuff. think that Destiny 2 pulled a No Man's Sky. Oh, for sure. 
Uh, but I, I don't think I'm going to be revisiting it anytime soon, even though it's free. I think like, I have it on my Steam right now. There you go. Yeah. But I, I can't bring myself to play it again. Story's good. Uh, though the base story is good. The expansions, they're very hit and miss after that. Oh, really? Yeah. I heard the expansions like really improved upon it. I know I didn't know. I haven't researched much. It's not like I'm gotcha. up to date on like the Destiny news, but <laughs> How, the first two expansions were garbage. Then there's the one that's essential to Nathan Fillion's character, Cade. That's that becomes good again, and then they went wait, back wait, to Nathan Fillion is in Destiny too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he plays one of the main characters. I have no idea. Yeah, he's in the first one as well, but you would never know because he has very little screen time in the first one. Oh, that's funny. I had no idea he was in that. Yeah. So, um. But yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, I was talking about the uh the like the subtle like details yeah, in the yeah, story. Yeah. There was yeah. another one I wanted to talk about. Um and I don't know if you noticed it. I, I kind of added, I like to call it like a secret twist. Okay. There's a kind of twist ending in it. Um and it's only in two lines of dialogue. It, is it optional? No. No. It's uh it's from the guy on the phone. At the very end? Uh yeah. Two points at the very end or before that before it uh i don't want to spoil too much i know i'm trying trying to get references reality okay i did not pick up on that i'd have to play it again i i i I can also talk to you more about it after okay the interview but i definitely want people to try to find it themselves if you want to i can you can say it i can just cut it out gosh i'm trying to be very vague so i don't have to keep (laughs) cutting things out (laughs) it's hard to talk about this game without discussing the story in too much depth because that kind of is like the main draw of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it, it's not like we can talk about the incredible gameplay here. <laughs> well, I was thinking like if I when I tell people to go play like Edith Finch or Firewatch, I just tell them go play it because I can't talk about it until you play it. And that, that's yeah, very much know, this it's game. It's so hard to recommend like walking sim type games because I by like by their design, I don't think you could call them fun. So I was having a discussion on Twitter with someone. They're like gameplay equals fun and i'm like i don't know if that's true or not because there are games where that aren't necessarily fun as far as gameplay is concerned but i still have fun playing them if that makes sense i I think there's i don't think and this is going to sound super pretentious just a fair warning i don't think summerland is fun that's i could see that i I think it's i think you will i think you'll enjoy it yes but i don't think it's something you'll say like recommend as being a really fun game to play. I would see. I recommend it only because there are certain, a lot of people out there that think games should always be fun. They don't have to necessarily like a movie doesn't have to be necessarily fun for you to still enjoy it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I say like, I don't want to use terminology mostly because uh, the last of us two mm-hmm. did that a ton. And I kind of hated how much they hammered it in. Did you play it? Because I think last time we spoke, you hadn't played it yet. I did. Uh, like, Neil Druckmann, like, in a lot of interviews, was like, we didn't design The Last of Us 2 w- to be fun. Uh, that doesn't work in that case, because there's actually gameplay that's supposed to be fun in that game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is. It is. Right. Uh, grip for grip, but, um, no, I don't think Summerland is something you could consider fun. Um, I think you'll really like it. This is, this is going out to people listening right now. I think you'll really like it. Uh, I think you'll very much enjoy it. Um, I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> I will say there was one thing I almost regretted doing, because but you force it on the player to do, mm-hmm. and it deals with I, I know exactly what okay. you're talking about. Okay, good. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to do this, but 
I mean, I like that you force people to do it though at the same time. Yeah, I'm linking. I like to link things back to The Last of Us because that is one of my favorite games of all time, and it's um, it's been a huge inspiration on how I write my stories and how I like make my games. Basically, mm-hmm. um, the ending of The Last of Us, and I'm if it's okay, I'm going to be spoiling The Last of Us. It's like what seven years old at this point. Yeah, exactly. It's far, you're yeah. far far enough removed. We are far enough removed from it to spoil it. Okay, so yeah, The Last of Us first one um, ends with you saving ellie right mm-hmm. oh wait, you you've played the last of us right mm-hmm. all right making sure i wasn't spoiling it for you i didn't no. actually <laughs> make sure to check on that um yeah so ellie's like the cure for the whole virus uh they're going to have to kill her to make a vaccine that will save humanity and you have to save ellie and like sacrifice the world basically um and you don't get to choose that you have to do that mm-hmm. and that was a big criticism i actually heard when the game was new was that I wish there was a choice here. I don't think it would make sense for there to be a choice because that's kind of narratively what the theme of the game is, mm-hmm. is like the bond between them. And if he were to have sacrificed Ellie, it would have contradicted the themes of the game, basically. I, there's a lot of things like that at hand as in Summerland. I think forcing you to uh, do that thing mm-hmm. that you <laughs> referenced is very important with the themes of the game. Um, with morality and uh, not exactly asking yourself what is right and wrong, but more so asking why is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that also comes into play with other choices that you make in the game. Uh, I I did read about that in your review. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do see that being a criticism people are going to have with the game is a lot of the choices. Uh, but thematically, I think... I like it the way it is. That makes sense. In terms of fitting with the themes of the story. And the one thing I noticed because... Gosh, I don't want to get too much into the choices that you it's make. It's difficult. It's really difficult. Yeah. But by the ending, um, it was definitely one of those things... Because whenever I play games like this, I always try and take a step back and... and think about what what you as the designer and developer are trying to say and like i said it took me back to college and in a way in a good way and like making me think man i haven't thought about that kind of stuff it seems like in a while and i think people in general in this current climate that we're in it would be some it's a good way for someone to look at themselves and ask themselves some hard questions as well on not just why but not just what is right and wrong, but like you said, why do we yeah. have the consciousness that we have today? Like, how can we judge someone based on what maybe only you're seeing certain actions? Because, like, Evelyn, I feel like, judges Matthew harshly without knowing the whole story. Yeah, I, I'm i just going to say I'm really glad you liked the game as much as you did. That makes me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you, I made you did a good job having any idea what people were going to think about it. Mm-hmm. I, so, I think it's, I think it's a fairly unique game. So you did the writing yourself as well, right? Like, yeah. Okay. So when you're writing something like this, do you do much research or is it a more, um, you have a outline and you just kind of condense and, and ex- expand from there? 
this was a lot more research than I've put into any of my other stories, um, mostly because of the ethical philosophy stuff. I wanted to make sure I got it as right as I could being a high school student. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was watching The Good Place uh, with the scenes with Chidi and Eleanor. I don't know if you've, you've seen the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with the scenes with Chidi and Eleanor, uh, talking to her about like uh, Emmanuel Kant and Jeremy Bentham. Uh, and I thought that stuff was super interesting. I thought it was crazy interesting, so I kept looking up stuff about it, and I like went down this YouTube rabbit hole of just ethical paradoxes. I was like, "This is awesome," and I want to make a game with this in it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so. That's what I do with games, or just media in general. When someone, I didn't do it with the Good Place, but I've done it with other games and, and movies as well, where something is mentioned or happens, whether it be a historical event. Uh, a person maybe it's a, a philosopher of some sort and then it makes me go research that thing and i'm like man that's actually true and what they were and it and then it, it makes that whole medium which whatever i'm experiencing i believe it expands it on a whole nother level yeah i'm the type of person that if i find something that like interests me i immediately learn everything about it <laughs> <laughs> i i same and that and say what you want but i learned a lot of history through like the assassin's creed games that oh, I didn't I've heard, learn. I've heard a ton of people that do that. Yeah, it's it's incredible, like how much you learn through something that's fictional. How much nonfiction mm-hmm. it's based on still. Also, I just re- this is this going up in like video form. Yeah, I just realized that it looks like I'm like half asleep this whole time because like you're <laughs> right here and my camera's right here. <laughs> gotcha. So I purposely have you right below my camera, so I'm looking at the screen where my camera is. So I'm just looking. Just maybe about an inch below the camera. Yeah, I promise I'm awake. <laughs> I'm right here, but I have to look at you right here, and it looks like my eyes are drooping down. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about again? I totally just sidetracked the whole uh, conversation. Mediums making us research things, and I think I yeah. do feel like someone like, will do that with some people that are like us. I've been doing that with music a lot. I've been finding like musical artists I really like, and then learning like all the bandmates' names, when they formed, all of their past band names, like their entire discography. Like that's what I do. I, I get really same. into things I like. So I will say this: you know, I love the Borderlands franchise, especially yeah. one two, especially the second one. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I look forward to to those games is the intro, because the first one had Cage the Elephant, like before yeah. they were big, and I'm like, and that's like. I do that with with music too. Like it's just one of those things. How wasn't the second one the heavy? The heavy, yes. And I've yeah. seen them live, and they are fantastic live. No, the heavy is an awesome band. Yeah, they're incredible. Super underrated. I forget the second one. The intro. I mean, I mean the pre sequel. Oh, the pre sequel. That one had the vines and somebody else. It had two different bands to do the intro. I don't remember that. Because I remember it was different, but it was two different songs in two different bands. And I'm like, I, oh, I cool. did the same thing with, uh, did you ever play Tales from the Borderlands? Yes. I'm continually adamant that that might be Telltale's best game. I agree. <laughs> and that's just not because I love Borderlands because they've done all kinds of stuff and they're like, all there, good. There's, there's The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us, which mm-hmm. are way up there. But I think Tales from the Borderlands is slept on so much. Like that's up there with those two. I agree. I wholeheartedly uh, agree. But I learned, I found like a ton of bands from the intros to the different episodes of Tales from the Borderlands. They did, a, they did a good job capturing the feel of Borderlands and yeah. 
like a uh, jungle the band jungle mm-hmm. i found from that game and then i found james blake from that game who's like huge now it's weird how that happens sometimes and i like I, james blake I, is huge as in like he's like a major pop star at the moment oh really <laughs> yeah yeah no you not like do you not know james blake much not much no yeah, I I mean, he wasn't like super small when Tales from the Borderlands came out, but he wasn't mm-hmm. as mainstream as he is now. Uh, and they used his like hit song Retrograde for one of the episodes. Um, and I was like, this song's amazing. And I found him as an artist. And then he went on to like write songs with Beyonce and then had like this like hit album come out. And now uh, linking back to The Good Place, um, what's the one girl in the good place the one that was like a princess oh that's um what's, what's her name that's um she's british and she's yeah oh i can't Anybody. think of her name uh, right now uh her and jamila hill like her is her actress so i can't think of her actual name or her character's name though but it's yeah. jamila she, Jamil. She dates james blake oh really to, to link the two yeah <laughs> that i didn't know that tahani i just googled it yeah okay yeah but no james blake became like a huge artist after that that's that's awesome that's incredible i love it when people that have um maybe they're not popular or but you you, like you feel the talents there and you love Uh them and but when they make it big like i feel great for them like it's about time people start noticing that person i feel like a lot of people hate that i do yeah yeah me neither i like them before they were popular no, they're popular now, so I don't. Like I don't. Them I don't like much. them anymore. <laughs> like, I don't get that. There's a band I've been dying to make it big. Uh, they're called Run River North. They're an all Asian group based out of L.A. And they're, um, me and my sister saw them because they opened for. Gosh, now I can't remember the name of the band. They're a classic '90s band. Classic '90s band. Hold on, the Goo Goo Dolls. They opened for the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, okay. And. Ever since then, I'm like, me and my sister are like, why haven't they just made it big yet? Like, you were just, it's just one of those things I wish, I hope, I still there, hope they make it. There are so many groups like that for me. There's one, I don't even know if they're together anymore. Uh, they, they're they from Morgantown, West Virginia. Oh, okay. Local they're, to you. They had, yeah, they went to WVU, I think, and they made one album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band was It's Birds. And the, the album was called My Bloodless Wife. <laughs> I, I've listened to that album so many times. It's an amazing album. Uh, and I, I don't know if they're together anymore because that was like over a decade ago, I think. Wow. And they have zero social media presence. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like they're around anymore. But I will definitely check them out, though, because, I mean, I love I love bands. Because a friend of mine just showed me a band that was local to here where we live in Dayton, Ohio, that aren't together anymore. I'm like, man, I wish I could have seen them. How did we talk? Start talking about music. <laughs> How did that conversation start? I don't mind it. That's a good question because I was. I can bring it back to Summerland. Like, who did the music oh, I don't for the care. game? I love music. <laughs> I could talk about music for like three hours on this episode if you need me to. Well, by the way, speaking of music, because I listened to your interview with Katie. Yeah, and you mentioned that, which I didn't know this. You played instrument and you play music. I do. That's true. How long have you been playing? uh i i don't know if i could like pinpoint a moment because i know i like took lessons for guitar in second grade and i hated it mm-hmm. I, maybe i just had a bad teacher 
I remember you'd show up late all the time. It was <laughs> it was kind of comedic looking back at it. Um, but I just stopped taking lessons because I hated it, and I ended up teaching myself, which was a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't really pinpoint a time I actually started teaching myself. I'll say like, I'll say like 10 years. Okay. Yeah. I, I did the soundtrack to Summerland. Oh, you did? Yeah. So, so even more questions. So okay. <laughs> there's random music that plays in the background sometimes, like mm-hmm. because there's a radio there or the record player that's inside Matthew's house. Did you do that music as well? Or did you grab it from somewhere? Or I did that friends? as well. That Dude. those the one those two you referenced uh, aren't Summerland originals though those are actually okay. just my music. Oh okay, uh, kind of thrown in as Easter eggs. The, Very the nice. one with the record um, is from my album that's like out right now. It's been out for a few, um, uh, a bit over a year. Uh, like that's kind of a joke because Matthew says like I always hated this band. I never understood it. <laughs> Well, I did like that because I'm like, I wonder if this is a real band or not. Because I was because I was jamming to it when I first played it. Yeah, the uh, the record on there, like on the counter, is the cover to the album that it's from. That's awesome. It's like the actual album. <laughs> I'll have to go check uh, it out now. Now that I know the that bar, the one on the radio in the bar is like a work in progress instrumental for an upcoming album. Okay, that is that's awesome, dude. That's that's incredible. What's the name of the band? Uh, it's, it's just me. Oh, it's just uh, you. Okay. Yeah. It's called, I hate saying it in interviews because I, you can't spell it just from the name. It's Auric Echoes. Okay. And how do you spell um, it for anyone that may be listening? A U R I C Echoes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it, it's like kind of a word. Mm-hmm. Like Apple doesn't recognize it as a word in like text messages because it puts the red underline under it, but it has a definition on Google. <laughs> I wonder if Android has uh has it as uh I don't know, it it means golden basically. Okay. My uh how, what's this relation? It's my stepdad's stepdad. <laughs> how how do you step relate that grandfather? to like, step step grandfather? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but he um was in a band in high school and I had no idea. He had this brought out this yearbook. And started showing me during Christmas or Thanksgiving one year, mm-hmm. um, and it it was so cool. It was him in like this white suit and those big like fifties guitars, nice uh, playing for a high school show or something. It was very of the era, um, and they were called the Golden Echoes Band. And I was like, I'm gonna name my band that. And I looked it up, and it was like a gospel group in Georgia or something. Gotcha. <laughs> I was like, all right, what are some synonyms for golden? And I found Auric out there. And I was like, ah, that sounds cool. So, yeah, my band name is Auric Echoes. I like it. <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, and it's always a pain telling people that name because they can't search it afterward. Well, anyone listening can easily search it because now you've spelled it and now they know. Yeah, but it's like it's a fun project to mm-hmm. do when I'm not making games. Those are like my two main things is I make games and then I like alternate making games and music. Mm-hmm. Have you performed around West Virginia yet at all? Like I maybe haven't. small places? I, I'd okay. love to. I would absolutely love to, but I have no idea how to go about it. Because a lot of these arrangements I'm recording take like eight people to do. Gotcha. And I'm and I'm yeah, you know, I'm performing it, but I'm layering it over my own recordings. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't know how I'd perform it live without a band. I'm sure you will find a way or find some people. Yeah, I'm I'm planning on starting a project with um I say it's just me. Uh, Auric Echoes is me plus my drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I, I record this track and I send it to him and I'm like, hey, this needs a percussion track. 
uh, and he records something that's way better than the rest of the song because he's a phenomenal drummer. <laughs> is he? Um, um, what's that? Is he older than you? Same age as you? Younger? Same age. Oh, nice. Both uh, freshmen. Yeah. Very nice. Um, amazing drummer. But we plan on doing something. Uh, just the two of us like to play live around town, which would be a lot of fun if COVID wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. I miss concerts so much. Oh, I know. I I got to see um, Tom York like right before COVID hit. I don't know. That's I don't know nice. if you've ever listened to Tom York at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff. But I got to see his tour in Pittsburgh, um, like right before quarantine. It was perfect timing. I'm trying to think. Have I seen Tom York? I know who he is. Yeah. I can't remember if I've seen him. If I've seen him or not, I may have. Right before COVID, though, I saw the band I mentioned earlier, Run River North. But it was my yeah. third time seeing them in Columbus. What, what type of music is that, Run River North? They're like, how do I? I don't know how I to describe them. They're, I mean, they're, I mean, they're alt rock, but I mean, alt rock consists of so much, so much. Yeah, that's a this. very umbrella term. At yeah. This point. Um, the way I describe it to people is that warm feeling inside that feels like the sun is inside of you. That just, I don't know, just when you're absolutely happy, like, like folk rock almost, or like folk punk. No, it's not folky. Um, I don't, they're just super wholesome and I don't know how to, okay. The Beatles in their later years is how I would describe it. Psychedelic almost. Almost. yeah. Yeah. But not, I would not quite. But just okay. on just in that vein, though, they use a lot of I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. It's just I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> just that's when just you listen know to an interesting band. Yeah, just go listen to them. Genre and you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right now it's three people. And they when they tour, they have a fourth because they technically don't have a drummer, but they employ a fantastic female lefty drummer which you don't see that combination almost ever and she's amazing as their drummer um that's awesome but Man, i want to perform live i want to figure out how to do that that'd be so much fun <laughs> i i see i play like drums and piano i don't know if you can see it but my drum set is right over there it's I mean, a kind of it's an electric drum set yeah i haven't played i don't play it very often but I, there are times where i look at it and i'm like i wish i played more because i want to know that feeling of playing live just one time you know i was playing right before you called me i have my guitar like sitting right here <laughs> oh nice is that is that your the car the guitar you play on mostly or on what that you play mostly like do you have multiple guitars oh yeah this one is um this is my like usual one. It's a modern player Telecaster. Uh, and then over here, no, I'll grab it because it's relevant to the interview. Uh, okay. This is the guitar I played on Summerland. Okay. Like whenever you hear an acoustic guitar in Summerland, like this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was acoustic. That's that's all I knew about guitars. I like I could tell the difference between the sound. Um, yeah. Um, almost the entire soundtrack was recorded on this guitar, and plus like synthesizers and stuff. Also, if uh, if you're out there listening, uh, the soundtrack is available to stream whenever the game comes out. Oh, so in a couple weeks? Yeah, yeah, uh, the second December second. I'll have to keep my because I did really enjoy the soundtrack. I'm like I did mention it in the review, like it was simple but effective at like conveying the I, emotion. I to be very droney, ambient, uh, kind of just mood music. Mm-hmm. I think a key to good ambient music is that it has to be as interesting as it is ignorable. That's that's 
an interesting take and i like the way you phrased it i i heard that on it was some sort of like video documentary on youtube i wouldn't be surprised it was like alpha media or something gotcha. uh but it's um yeah i they said like a key to good ambient music is if you're listening with like intent it has to be interesting enough to keep your attention but if you're listening passively it has to fall into the background Makes and i was kind of going for that with summerland I would have to say you were effective at it because um, the first time, I think the first time you hear music is when you enter trial one, I think. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. And single guitar chord. Yeah. And I'm like, I like that because, and then there was a couple times where um, a guitar chord also plays when you like do a task. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I like that. That's a uh, discovery one. I think the song. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, there's one that's like more of a synthy, like bells type sound. That's discovery too. And I did notice as well um, when Matthew is experiencing his whatever mm -hmm. his issues, um, that there's a snare in the background. Like it, yeah. it just adds to the whole like scene that's happening in that moment. That that song is a lot more intense. If you like strip away a lot of the in-game sounds, like the heartbeat and Matthew's breathing and everything. Um, mm -hmm. There's like uh, I uh, one of the layers of the song. I literally have my guitar and I take a pick, mm -hmm. and I'm just like it, into the mic. That's that and it like works heavily distorted and reverbed. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like a kick, like a super heavy kick drum, loud snare, uh, down tuned guitar. It's it's kind of a frightening track. <laughs> it really is because it it's it's one of the most like intense in the soundtrack. It's called Sickness. That it's i mean a fitting title yeah a fitting title <laughs> and it it stresses you out also like while it it's happening yeah and it's it's longer than you probably heard okay yeah because I, I assume you didn't let that run on for like three and a half minutes <laughs> no no not at all because i'm like i might die if i let this go on <laughs> yeah the uh the, the track's a bit longer than i think most people will hear in the actual game uh and i think it's worth a listen because it changes a bit throughout Okay. It keeps that like kick drum heavy snare pattern, but with a lot of like additions and subtractions from the other tracks. I, okay. I, it was one of my favorites from the soundtrack to make. It well, when I realized it was more because I thought it was just kind of like ambient sound that was happening um, the first time it happened, and then I think it was the second time it happens in Trial Two is when I noticed it was it was actual music on top of that, mm -hmm. that was kind of layered underneath like the breathing and the heartbeats and stuff. Yeah, no, that that's one of the ones I'm more proud of. Um, another one I really liked was the one that uh, Matthew sings himself. Did you write that song? Yeah. Okay, very nice. Because I was, I I kept meaning like I wonder if this is a real song because I kept meaning to like Google the lyrics to see if it was a real song or not. That song comes out in a week, actually. Okay. I'm, I'm releasing that one uh, next Friday. When this interview drops. Well. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Everyone listening, go check it out. It's called Joseph's Song. Okay. On on Spotify, wherever. And there's a Joseph's Song in the B-side is Joseph's Song instrumental reprise. Right. What did you hear in the credits of the game? Okay. That's cuz I that's I did not mind cuz I hate going through credits a lot of times unless there's a really good song at the end. And so <laughs> I I definitely like I definitely like sat there and listened both times uh, as the credits rolled through. Yeah, the the one that you played to the, the Joseph, your son in the game. Um it's 
It's very simple, and it kind of has to be because of how it's being portrayed in the game. It's actually it's just the character playing and singing. Um, okay. But then the instrumental reprise is that it's still simple. It's um, it's very warm, sweet. Um, it's that acoustic guitar played a bit slower. Some chimes in the background, like kind of wind chimes, but a lot lighter, twinklier. Uh, forest sounds, some light synthesizer. Okay. I, I was going. I had a very heavy Last of Us Two influence on the soundtrack. Okay. Have, have you played Last of Us Two yet? Right. Not yet. No, I haven't played the Not second yet. one yet. No. Not the yet. The soundtrack's a bit different than the first one. In a good way. Um, depending on who you ask. Okay. I really liked it, but I'm also a really big fan of electronic stuff. Gotcha. The the first one was what was the guy's name? Gustavo something. That did the first soundtrack. I'd have to Google uh, it. I don't know it off the top of my head. Phenomenal soundtrack. Amazing game soundtrack. Him and someone else did the second game soundtrack. So I had two composers. Um, it was him and a guy who did electronic music. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of like intense drone synthesizer in it. And I liked the combination of acoustic guitar and strings and stuff with those uh, drony synthesizer elements. Mm-hmm. Um, very dark, ambient. I really enjoyed it, and I wanted to do that for Summerland, and I think it fits the tone well. I, I think yeah. so. Thank you very so much. Far, so far, you know, um, if you, I, if, oh, I was I had something in my head and I completely forgot it. Um, so with Summerland, I'll just switch gears then. Okay. Um, with Summerland, are you going to make any more maybe updates to it down the road, or is this is it? It's done. What's done is done, and maybe maybe some bug fixes, and that's it. Uh, what do you mean by updates? So uh, there is a game I played recently. Oh, and I know we talked about it last time. Which is, it's another walking sim. I can't think of it right now off the top of my head. Tales from Off Peak City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the creator actually added some stuff to it recently. He's like, okay. the overall story is the same, but he like added more tasks for you to do in the game it, it, oh, okay. that's a lot that are optional. So I don't know if you were going to do that as well or not. Likely not. I think the game as it is, is done. And I don't think there's much I can add to it that would improve the experience much. Um, I have toyed around with the idea of a DLC in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think DLC can be a good thing if it's handled in the right way. Um, like cosmetics and stuff for DLC, no. But if I'm doing like a story expansion that mm-hmm. changes a lot of what you previously experienced, I think uh, it works well. Plus, it's a free game. So, yeah. you know, add-ons. <laughs> um, I toyed around with the idea of DLC. Not sure if it'll ever happen. Nothing's in development at the moment. Okay. Uh, you know, I've thought about sequels, doing like a Summerland 2 in the future. Uh no ideas for it if I ever did. I have no games planned, by the way. Okay. Like, I finished Summerland, and I have nothing planned in the way of game development at the moment. Um, if I do a Summerland 2, it'll probably be, like, entirely new characters. I could see that. Cause... Because I don't, think, uh, I don't think I could go anywhere else with where I left Summerland. Not necessarily. Yeah, you would have... I mean, you'd have to bring back the guy that's on the phone. You could bring him back, but I think that's the only returning character you could technically have. I don't. I don't think I'd have him return either. Really, I think I would have like an entirely new cast of characters. Okay. Because in my head, um, Summerland it, depiction of the afterlife is 
it's comedic in a way. Yeah. Uh, the game was initially going to be a bit more comedic than it is now. It was also going to have a bit more horror elements than it does now. Um, but my initial idea was that the person talking on the phone was kind of like an office job guy mm -hmm. uh, in the realm of the afterlife. He kind of just does this as a job. I imagine him sitting at a desk in like a white shirt and tie and khakis. <laughs> Fair enough. Kind of forced to do this all the time. And if I were to do another um, Summerland, I think it would be a opposite personality. Like the, the phone guy in Summerland is kind of a jerk. Yeah, but I loved him though for that. Yeah, I <laughs> wanted him to be like a funny jerk. Um, I think if I did a Summerland 2, I'd make it like the sweetest person imaginable. That just makes you do awful things. <laughs> like a Dolores Umbridge. I was going to say, yeah. Okay. Or I was going to say, like, maybe even like Janet esque, like in The Good Place. I mean, she's not a bad person. Yeah. She's... I, again, this is all just like ideas I've thrown around. I have no plans on making a second game. This is just theoretically, if I ever did for some reason. Because I, I do remember listening to that interview with Katie. You said you had nothing in development. So I wasn't going to ask about future games you have ideas for. Because nah. I know you, ha you don't have anything right now. I, I have nothing. <laughs> I mean, you've got plenty of time now. We're in a pandemic. Um, yeah. You've got time to think about it. But, I mean, no pressure either. Enjoy this yeah, release I'm, while you can. I'm, I'm, I have no idea where I even want to go with game development after this. I, I like doing the walking simulator type stuff. Um I, I've toyed around with the idea of working in 2D a bit, mm -hmm. trying to make something in that regard. I like I like the artistic stuff. That, that sounded that sounded kind of pretentious. I'm not saying like other games aren't artistic. I just mean the more like abstract um, art of it. Um, I, I, I kind of want to continue doing that. Yeah. I like it a lot. I, you have a real talent for it because I can't. I can say that not everyone does, and it doesn't. Uh, Thank you. Like, for example, like I said, Dear Esther, I, I feel like it was too abstract and I didn't enjoy it, if that makes I, sense. I didn't like Dear Esther either. But, you know, I, I give it a pass because kind of, that was kind of the start of Walking Simulators. That was like yeah. the first one, basically. Yeah, and it it started that whole genre and niche, but at the same time, it was like, because it got praised everywhere. So when I finally played it, I'm like, this isn't for me and i've played other walking Definitely sims since then now <laughs> no no not because other ones have in its place have just totally knocked like it out, the park. out of the water completely yeah yeah gone home was the one that really like set the bar at the time that i i, I remember playing that i think i got it off a humble bundle and i was not expecting it to be as good as it was i remember i was really young Probably too young to be watching anything related to Gone Home. There's a, there's a lot of bad words. <laughs> um, I, I was, I want to say it was a freshman in college myself, I think. No, 2013. I just looked it up. I was a, um, a junior. I, I, will, I remember I watched Jacksepticeye play it. And that was my like experience with Gone Home. <laughs> it, it, it is great. Are you going to have... Are you going to try and get maybe any some streamers or YouTubers to try and play through some oh, yeah, of that? Of course. My main goal with game development, not really, but I like to say my main goal with game <laughs> development is to have either Jacksepticeye or Markiplier play one of my games. At the moment that happens, I'm just going to quit because there's nowhere to go from there. <laughs> You've already made it to the top. <laughs> yeah, there's nowhere to go from there. Hey, I, I mean, I'm not saying it will happen, but I mean, you never know what it can happen with. Um, yeah, no, it's awesome. Um have we talked about TikTok on the show yet? 
I think briefly last time, very briefly, but not Do you know heavily. about my TikTok? I'm aware of it, but I don't have, I just, I literally just signed up for TikTok yesterday. I, okay. So the reason this, this game kind of got big on TikTok mm -hmm. um, because when I first announced it, it was to ask for voice actors. And uh, surprise, a lot of people wanted to be a voice actor in Summerland. Uh, I got over 4,000 auditions. Good Lord. From, yeah, it was a lot to go through. Uh, but yeah, th for that reason, I got like a huge TikTok following after that. I think I'm at like um, 177K followers. Good night. Yeah. It's, That's uh, incredible. Wild. It's wild. Um, but all of them are like campaigning for Jacksepticeye to play Summerland. It, dude, I hope it happens for you. I'll dude that, oh, trust that'd me, be I awesome <laughs> i hope that happens <laughs> uh no my tiktok following just shot up from that uh i don't know how to maintain that anymore my content's kind of related to summerland and if that falls away i have to go back to posting jokes <laughs> <laughs> so was there a particular tiktok that really did it or was it just it's that voice acting one okay that voice acting one it got like 3.2 million views i think good lord yeah, it is crazy. Uh, granted, the TikTok, it's not hard to go viral. That's what I've just, heard. Yeah, because of the way it's set up, it's okay. not like you're searching for a particular video. Stuff just comes up, and if enough people like it, they'll push it to more people. Gotcha. So a lot of people just ended up liking this one and, and like boosting it on the algorithm with comments and likes uh, to where it just got shared with more and more people. Because, again, it's a randomized algorithm. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just kind of lucked out with that one ton of followers ton of auditions a ton of connections i was um, gonna say like because i remember looking at your discord because i was like the first one in there and then out of nowhere it just seemed like well that was uh, like day one when okay. i first announced it okay i got a ton of people in it um the i made a lot of connections with like people who have established themselves on different platforms i got auditions from people who've worked at skyrim or at skyrim on skyrim gosh that's um, that's a lot a lot, a lot of how do you turn those people down you know a lot of internet celebrities uh i'm i'm friends with now which i think is really funny <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm serious like how do you turn some of those people down like that must have been hard it hurts it hurts a little bit <laughs> <laughs> how do you uh, so I, I told you about the the sleeping lion band mm -hmm. uh they, they have a podcast called talking lion which is actually pretty awesome i, I was interviewed on that Apparently they know the guy. I don't know how we keep coming back to the good place. They know the guy that plays Chidi on the Good Place. Seriously, uh, and they're friends with him, and they're like, "Oh yeah, if you were, if he like were doing this now, he'd probably uh, be on it." I was like, "Oh really?" <laughs> I mean, the timing. <laughs> good lord, I, dude, that I don't. I'm speechless right now. Like that's incredible. It, the, my game development career has kind of taken off really quickly recently um and i don't know how to react to a lot of it it's very sudden and kind of terrifying how do you because okay how nervous are you with that many people anticipating summerland like are you nervous that they might it's not scary it's okay. really scary yeah. um i've been lucky enough that the fan base i've yeah i hate saying fans it feels weird. I don't like that. Um, the, but the people that have been started following me, uh, they're extremely positive. I've even been told that, like, by people that have seen my content, they're like, "Your your community is like really nice." 
<laughs> I have an incredibly non-toxic community, which is awesome to have. Um, and they're super supportive. And I think no matter what I release right now, um, they're going to be incredibly supportive of it and like understand all the work that went into it. And that it's just me. Mm -hmm. That's what it blows my mind. Even with Welcome to the Dreamscape, like it, that still blew my mind. It was just all just you. Welcome to the Dreamscape was way too ambitious for its own good. I'll admit now. <laughs> like looking back I was on doing it, a lot with that game that yeah. I had no idea how to do. I was kind of throwing every idea I wanted to do at the wall and hoping something worked. Gotcha. Because I I remember liking it, not loving it, and thinking like there's potential there. And I feel like not to say Summerland is like your your peak, but it's just what Summerland is what I wanted from Welcome to the Dreamscape. If that makes sense. Yeah, Welcome to Dreamscape, I tried to do a lot. There was like that walking, a lot of it was that walking simulator aspect, right? Mm -hmm. There was um, that narrative that you're going through, but it was also very gameplay heavy. Mm -hmm. um, platforming, first person platforming, which by the way is never a good idea and I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. First person platforming is always bad. No exceptions. <laughs> and it's, I will say the only reason it stuck in my mind was that you were like 14 or 15 at the time when you yeah. made it. And I'm like, that's impressive for a kid um so it feels weird to say 15 year old's a kid but to me it's a kid um, also um not to put down my own products but the summerland not summerland uh welcome to the dreamscape uh the gunplay is bad <laughs> <laughs> like i don't think there's a redeeming quality about the gunplay in welcome to the dreamscape <laughs> oh i was gonna mention like it doesn't stick with me other than you were a, a you know a teenager when you made it like nothing stuck to me except that you made it by yourself when you were 15 or 14 or whatever. I, I can't remember. I still remember your review of Welcome to the Dreamscape uh, and you saying that you really like the story. And that's what, like, not even exaggerating, that's kind of what pushed me to make a game like this. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Was, was that you saying that? Yeah, I, th I remember saying something like that. Okay. I, I don't remember which one of you exactly did the review. Um, but I still got the yeah. the the case you gave me the box uh, downstairs uh -huh. in my apartment. I still have it. Yeah, I, I thought about doing a physical release of Summerland, but I can't justify it. That was a bad decision. Also, <laughs> I shouldn't have made physical copies of Welcome to the Dreamscape. That was so much money. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I guess that makes <laughs> that was, sense. That was so much money that I did not make back. <laughs> fair um, enough. Fair enough. But, but yeah, the you said in your interview or not your interview, your review um, mm -hmm. that. The gameplay was not good, but the story was, I forget like the terms you use, but I think it was very positive that you really liked the storytelling in it. I, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's just do that then. Let's let's strip back the gameplay. Let's improve the visuals because I think mm -hmm. Summerland is an insane visual improvement over Welcome to the Dreamscape. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I think it's, I wouldn't go as far, I I can't speak. Um, I would go as far as to say that this is like a jump from an amateur developer to a professional product. That's what struck me most because most games I play that are hat that when people use the Unity engine, they look like Welcome to the Dreamscape. Like I have played, I can't tell you, not even for the podcast, but like even outside in my own time that don't look, I mean, they don't look bad or anything. They just look the it looks same. Like Unity. Yeah, exactly. This I, didn't have that look to it. I didn't. Think. Yeah, that was one thing I was combating. And I've had people tell me, like, this looks really good for Unity. Like, this is one of the better Unity games I've seen. Uh, Unity's a powerful engine, man. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. U Unity has a bad rep. 
I think the reason why it has a bad rep is because you have so many people trying to cash in, mm-hmm. try and make a quick buck. And like I said, a lot of games just have that same like bland, blocky style. Yeah. And they don't put any work into it. The thing, Unity is an anomaly because it's so accessible. Mm-hmm. Anyone can go on their computer right now. You listening right now, no matter what computer you have, can go to the Unity website and download the engine for free and then start making stuff. And I can attest to that. Like you can literally just get up and running and have your own world up and running within 30 minutes. The Unity Asset Store is insane. It's crazy the type of stuff you can get on there. Mm-hmm. You can basically buy whole games on the Asset Store. Yeah, yeah, you could. And I was going to say like in it, works with uh, other programs as well like blender if you are good at 3d modeling like it works with blender yeah like on the unity asset store the what gives unity the bad rep is people who go on there and download like they'll buy a 60 dollar um like game base mm-hmm. like first person shooter base game um download it and then just publish it on a steam yeah that's when unity gets a bad rep Another thing they do is that if you don't buy the pro version of Unity, you have to display the Unity logo, mm-hmm. which, which doesn't make sense to me. I feel like Unity would want it the other way around. I would think so, but I, I mean, yeah, even, yeah. like regardless, you should because big studios sh- showing the Unity logo, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's like when a game is made from Unity and it's you know on like say the Switch or something like you you see it like the tiny print at the bottom like because it i guess it has to be there but you don't ever see it promoted per se the like i i know there are people that will download an indie game and then since it displays the unity logo in the beginning they're like oh i don't want to play this because it's a unity game it summer summerland uses the free version of unity and, and it, it looks plays great. the Unity logo at the beginning. And I think yeah. I've done a pretty awesome job. Not to pat myself on the back, but I think I've done a pretty awesome job like pushing this engine to where I can get it. And there's some like fantastic games. I mean, even I, if I remember right, I want to say like Firewatch. Firewatch. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say Firewatch. Firewatch is made with Unity. Yeah. Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, yeah. And that's Life a huge is Strange Before the Storm. Another big uh, game. Yeah. So there's some crazy games made with Unity. And people just don't realize it because they use the paid version and they mm-hmm. don't have to display the logo. It, it, I mean, it's, I love Unity because you can just sit and mess with it. Like you can make a game out of making a game if you want to because it's so easy to pick up if you want to mess with it for five minutes or if you'll be, you don't even have to publish games. You can just sit there and make stuff if you mm-hmm. want to. And again, the asset store is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I say I hate it when people go to the asset store and like just buy a template and publish it. I'm not saying don't use the asset store. Um, not not to call myself out here, but like I use the asset store a lot. I noticed that because of the credits. Yeah, the Unity asset store is an awesome tool. I'm not a 3D modeler. I, I can't 3D model. I've attempted to. I'm very bad at it. <laughs> uh, if I ever expand the company in the future, that expansion is going to be hiring a 3D modeler. Um, but that that's just not something I'm good at. And I use the Unity Asset Store a lot for that. I I will like download a model, and I'm not downloading whole levels. Mm-hmm. I I will get like a lamp, and I'll get a wall texture, and I'll model what I can out of primitives like cubes, spheres, cylinders, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all the buildings and stuff I modeled, 
out of like cubes um i, I imagine just... the boxes uh the literal boxes that... you see in the evidence yeah, room yeah literal <laughs> boxes <laughs> uh and I, I use like unity textures like on the wall i change colors on them i'll edit the normal maps uh but there's a lot of unity assets at use and i don't think you notice it when you play the game I don't think so because they all fit the art style of the game and nothing looks out of place. That was a goal, the goal. There's a difference between uh, like making a game out of the assets you have and finding the assets to fit your game. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really attempted to do. Like I would look for days to find, like I don't know, a chair. There's like a certain chair I want to put in my game. I will mm-hmm. search endlessly online. Unity Asset Store, Turbo Squid, uh, Sketchfab. Looking for a royalty-free 3D model I could use for that kind of chair. Because I want it to fit the game. Uh, I'm working with what I have. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I No, not at all. I, I, again, there is a problem if you're like stealing assets mm-hmm. or having this totally unoriginal work that you're putting up to for people to pay for. Nintendo Switch had that problem for a bit. Yeah. Like, you always hear about it with Steam. People being uploading like uh, like these template games to Steam. But it happened with Switch a lot, too. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, Nintendo went from being a hard platform to get your game on to being uh, well, from what I've heard from many developers that it's now they're super accessible now. I, I think uh, consoles went a bit off the deep end when it came to indie accessibility. Like they they were like this like unattainable high ground at one point mm-hmm. that you could not get your game on console mm-hmm. uh and they're like oh we'll fix that and i think they went too far in the other direction i i could definitely see that because i mean you don't realize it but because i play on xbox the most out of all the consoles that's just because where my friends are I, even though i own them all but when you go to and it doesn't even matter the platform um you go to the the game store and you go like new releases like you don't realize it they have the same problem that steam has it's just everything is bad I've heard PlayStation is the worst for indie developers because of they don't promote games very often over there for indie well, games. The, the games that do get on there, do you remember Life of Black Tiger? Mm-mm. That was like a big thing that happened. They let this game on, which was like free on Android. Mm-hmm. Uh, the developer was charging like 20 bucks on PlayStation. What? Yeah. Uh, and PlayStation put the trailer on their official YouTube channel. Wow. And it's... If you have the ability to, like right now, go on YouTube and look up the Life of Black Tiger trailer. Okay. And I would like to see your reaction to this. I'm pretty sure it's still on the the Sony YouTube channel. Life of what? Life of Black Tiger. Okay. So I was going to say there was a... Um, before I click on this, um, there's another indie developer called... Uh, they made the game Descenders. Fantastic game. I think it's still available on Xbox Game Pass. And they talked about their experience between Xbox Game Pass and just getting on the PlayStation Store. They said the PlayStation Store literally buried their game on day of release. And because it was on Xbox Game Pass, they said they did very well over there. I'm yeah, not, saying that, that not saying that, you know, Xbox is better than PlayStation in this regard or like it's a better console platform. Just different experiences, same game. Yeah. And it was just interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for PlayStation. I, yeah. I prefer PlayStation over Xbox, but I will admit that they're not the best when it comes to indie games. And, um, oh my. Yeah. Is this on the uh, PlayStation YouTube channel? Yes. 
so they never took it down that's really funny no it's, <laughs> it's still there like over a year i'm sure with over seventy thousand dislikes right now uh-huh. when was it uploaded january 12th 2017 yeah okay <laughs> when you talk still about 20 bucks on the playstation store how and they've done this with like a few other games that were about this quality and like heavily promoted them on the YouTube channel. I don't know what was going on. They never addressed it. I, any one of, like, I, I'm not serious. Any one of us could have made this game because it, it's, it, again, it was free on Android. Good. It's, <laughs> and, but you pay 20 bucks. I think it was 20 bucks. It may have been more. Oh, that's not good. It says it's rated M, but there's no way that could be a rated M game. I mean, I don't know. I haven't played it. Yeah, I was actually I was trying to get Summerlin rated by the ESRB, uh, which used to be really easy. What is it like now? So, so Welcome to the Dreamscape did have an ESRB rating. I did notice that. Yeah, and I was able to do that pretty easily. Um, So they had the system where developers could go on, fill out a survey about the content of their game. And if it was like a digital only release, they would just let you do it for free. Oh, can you get this official ESRB rating? They've revoked that. And now it costs like $1,500. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they don't tell you that up front because I went to fill it out and I filled out this whole like detailed survey of all of the content in Summerland. And then I hit submit. And then they gave me this like pop-up box that was like, all right, enter in your credit card information. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like oh never Good mind uh, if i were to rate it anyone out there listening it'd probably be rated t for teen it's it's like a weird middle ground yeah like t and m I, I i'm it upsets me that we don't have anything between t and m because we have so many games that would fit in that mm-hmm. there's an issue with movies like that too yeah absolutely like the dark knight yeah it's dark, dark knight's a dark movie it's very dark <laughs> that, I, that could be rated r i wouldn't be surprised if that was juggled around I'm trying to remember if it was or wasn't because I remember when it, I remember when it came out. There's a lot of controversy about it. Yeah, that, that, we're talking about remember. the one with Joker, right? Yep. Yeah, no, that it was rated PG-13. Yeah, but, but the like, I don't know. I I think I disagree with a PG-13 rating on that movie. It's dark. Yeah, it's very it's dark. A dark movie. <laughs> there are parts in that that I'm like, oh, <laughs> they they really did that. It's there. There are some movies that li- that you can tell try and get away with it, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah, but Summer Summerland's in a weird middle ground. It's in a Dark Knight middle ground because there is uh, some cursing in it, so it's not exactly yeah. like. But it, there's not heavy cursing in it either. No, it's it's T rated cursing. Yeah, but it also like at one point shows a pile of cocaine. So I don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is I don't true. Know where that lands with the ESRB. This is very true. I, I there there's a there's like a very graphic crime scene at one point, but with glowy people. So yeah, that too, that too. That was so. That's something I wanted to mention in my my review, and I forgot. Okay. Um. Anyone out there listening that wants to make a game, play to your strengths, because Connor, I can tell that's what you did with Summerland, and it works. I'm glad you. you did not model, try to model so many people, because I, that would have been a pain for you to do. But you, I also ha- think my data would look awful. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But I was gonna say, like, you did it in a way that was clever, and also I didn't question it, you know, because I, I knew immediately what was going on. For one, I think it gave it its 
for those of you who haven't seen screenshots or videos or played Summerland or anything, uh, all of the people are portrayed in these like orbs of light. It's like different particles that shape a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came very heavily from the game. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Okay. If you've ever played that, that's pretty much how they portray people in that a bit more abstractly. Um, but if generally that's how they do it. Um, I wanted to do that uh, because one, I think it'd give Summerland a definitive visual style. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting, more interesting than just character models. Um, I think if I were to do character models, it would not look as professional mm-hmm. because I, I alone would have to animate them, yep. uh, model them, make them look unique. And I think that would honestly cheapen the look because I am just one guy. I don't think it'd be a professional quality thing. Mm-hmm. And matching the amateur animations with this awesome voice acting, I think you notice the animation more than you would the actual dialogue. Absolutely. Uh, and plus, it was you know it was easier. And I'm not trying to say I was being lazy with it, but I it was definitely something that made the development process easier. And I'm glad I did it. And I think it actually pays off more than if I were to do just people. I yeah, definitely. I because when I went playing through the game. <clears throat> Because he's uh, Matthew's experiencing this afterlife, um, and he's kind of reliving each memory. I thought that like that's actually quite brilliant to make the people glow like that because uh, it's a memory. It's literally a, a yeah. reliving a memory. So I thought that was I, it was just clever. And I'm like, and, I, I knew what you were colors, doing, but yeah, the colors are meant to represent like how he viewed that person. I could see that too because I noticed Evelyn was the same color as all the other officers. If I remember Evelyn, right. no, well, no, Evelyn was she, blue, and then the other she, officers were, were yellow. yellow. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. wrong. But then, like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but but uh, Charlie was red, and that stood out yeah. to me. Uh, so the blue characters, which was the baby and Evelyn, uh, mm-hmm. are meant to be more like uh, like fondness, mm-hmm. like remembered well. The yellow people were more passive, didn't know much about, were just kind of in the background of his life. Mm-hmm. And red was like a more negative connotation with that person. Smart. Uh, it it doesn't smart. really go much deeper than that. I, I mean, I, I picked up on it. Like, I, I, I apologize, Evelyn. I, I got that wrong because I could have. Sw- I <laughs> no, no worries, no worries. I just remember Charlie being red, and I definitely mm-hmm. remember. I do. I remember the baby being blue uh, for sure because he's a bright blue, and yeah, he's in your face more than once. And I wanted that to be a bit more intense because obviously Matthew likes his child more than Evelyn. Yes, like, that's probably why that stood out to me more than Evelyn. Yeah, um, and then Charlie is red. Um, I feel like I had something else I wanted to add to that. I can't remember what it was. I, just... I, I talked about this in another interview, like Matthew and Evelyn's like friendship in the game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, someone pointed out that they really liked it because it wasn't like a stereotypical like old cop and new rookie mm-hmm. dynamic. It was like a very like friendly relationship that they had. And he didn't treat her like, <laughs> I don't know, the mm-hmm. way an older person would treat a younger person. Like, oh, no. you haven't seen nothing yet. Like he treated her like an equal, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I wrote them to not be the stereotype. Because I was kind of afraid of that because I knew I was going to make this character like the old detective who's like, I'm getting too old for this kind mm-hmm. of thing. <laughs> uh, and I think I put that in the audition for the game was I want that type of voice without the attitude of it. Mm-hmm. I wanted Matthew to be a friendly guy. Uh, I wanted him and Evelyn to have like a good friendship 
they got along well they could joke um and that he didn't look down on her and she kind of looked up to him as like a mentor almost Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of the other parts of the game kind of heartbreaking but absolutely and then there's uh even not spoiling anything but when you're in the bar and i'm like dude you're doing this right in front of alvin are you serious and that that's treated more in a way of he doesn't think she'll know Mm -hmm. because he she is new Mm-hmm. and doesn't know much about it but that's not the case he underestimates her mm-hmm. which comes back later absolutely yeah absolutely and and also just that i feel like whenever someone is in the position mm-hmm. matthew's in they <laughs> seem to overestimate their own abilities and underestimating those around them and hoping that people don't notice but it and it shows that even though evelyn and, and matthew may not have known each other long she still picked up on he was he wasn't acting like the way he should have been the that's another stereotype i wanted to break with evelyn because you always see these like cop shows where there's the rookie that doesn't know what he's doing and Mm -hmm. is like all new to this Mm -hmm. um but i I wanted evelyn to like know what she was about and like kind of understand what was going on Mm -hmm. i didn't want her to be naive to anything she was like understanding of the crime scenes and what was going on she offered suggestions Mm -hmm. like even when she says like if you have a uv light that's just that's kind of a little thing to me that signifies like oh she kind of knows what she's talking about mm-hmm. and then even uh in that same uh level like at the end um matthew's trying to get out he's like well she's like well i could double check things he's like no no you're fine i didn't find anything yeah yeah and i keep bringing it back like i wrote it like this i don't mean to like force my own view of it onto you but uh like i i wrote that in a way that i wanted her to sound more not okay with everything mm-hmm. as the game went and you picked up on it through the her voice because that's an incredible job every, on her every part. scene i wanted her voice to be a little less confident in matthew a little more skeptical mm-hmm. and like the bar you mentioned she almost sounds like ashamed yeah yeah like because oh. you could kind of again not to spoil anything but you can kind of pick up that at that moment she knows what's happening yeah, I like agree. At the end of that level, it's the her voice inflection does such a good job at conveying. She does awesome. What, what Natalie she's thinking. Team okay. Yo, Natalie does a great job at really inflecting what Evelyn is mm-hmm. feeling. It like I don't. Even though you don't have a literal character model and it's just glowing orbs, you you can still pick up on it. Yeah. Um, I she did an awesome job. All the voice actors did an awesome job. I'm like so happy with the cast like after this. I, I can't wait for people to enjoy it. Uh like when this goes live, it'll only be a few days, like four days before it drops or something like that. Four or five days. I'm almost an hour and a half. I was actually gonna wrap oh, things wow. up now. Cause this is one All of right. the longer interviews we've done. For sure. Oh, yeah. Not, not speaking in a bad way. No, you're good. I was well, gonna say, like <laughs> you're it's easy to talk to, especially when you have something like Summerland coming up. And I feel like if anyone is interested um oh, no, I think they'll, they'll listen to the whole thing because <laughs> uh, you uh, definitely really have a, like the game. that means a lot absolutely loved it um if your reviews on the steam page by the oh way. thank you i saw that uh, thank you very much um that means a lot to me um because i don't do a whole lot of written reviews very often because it's usually either on the show or on the youtube channel yeah. um so i'm like i should probably write this one out only because so I did something a friend of mine who's a gaming journalist that, that he does. He says he has 
not a notebook anymore. He has his phone nearby and he writes notes as he plays the game. And that's what I did. I just wrote down notes as I played the game yeah. and then it went into the final reveal. Yeah. The, um, also just the way steam works in the steam page, uh, it links to your website. It links to real dudes. Oh, sweet. Thank you very you much on the review. Yeah. Hey, anyone out there listening, you can check out the review, <laughs> um, either on the YouTube channel, audio version. And then this also on our website as well. Uh, I'm I'm so glad you liked the game as much as you did. That means a lot, especially coming from your review of Welcome to the Dreamscape and how much of a score improvement that was. It was a huge jump. Like if anyone's <laughs> out there listening, I gave Dreamscape I want to say like a six or six point yeah, five. Okay, and then I won't say the name it of the score here because you can go out and check the interview and see what I scored uh, Summerland. But I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'll be. I've like I said, I've already started recommending it to friends because a guy just I have a good friend of mine. Um, he's coming over in a couple days. Um, he's like, "Hey, you got any games for me?" I'm like, "Yep, it's not out yet, but look out for Summerland." And I sent them the trailer on your YouTube channel for Summerland. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And again, the hint functions in now. I added the hint thing. You could check it out if you want. Yes. Not saying you have to play through the whole thing again, but like <laughs> it's it's there in the first level. I might do it just to experience it, because um, um, yeah, that was like, because you like fixed a lot of the negative things I had about the game. Yeah, I felt <laughs> like I was ruining your article. <laughs> it's all right. Like it was, it's a good thing though, because it's not out yet. So you have you, you're more than welcome to make as many changes. It's your product. You can make changes afterwards. It's your it's your yeah, baby. The game's at this gonna point. come out, and you're gonna play it, and it's gonna be like an entirely different. <laughs> Like, when I, this become a first-person shooter? I can't tell you how many times I've played What Remains of Edith Finch, even though I've already, I already know what's going to happen. Like, so I have yeah. no problem playing through Summerland multiple times either. Um, you're going to like play the final one. It's going to have like a stamina bar and yeah. like a first meter. <laughs> it's going to become a survival game, a quick time event, and it'll be open world. Yeah, it's an open world <laughs> survival game. <laughs> and it's just an entirely different game. Not the same characters, different story. And we, I thought Connor said it was he wasn't gonna change it. <laughs> no, what what you're gonna play like after this interview? I maybe if you want to, it's not a big deal. It's pretty much the same game. Uh, it's pretty much the final product. Okay, with the hint system and everything added. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Well, Connor, it's been real. Um, yeah, I enjoyed talking to dude. you again, and. I can't wait for your next product, man. Your next, your next Thank project, you so whatever it may Thank be. Thank you for having me on. You're very way. welcome. When you say you want to come yeah. on right before the the game dropped, I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Because, yeah, you well, you invited me back. You yeah. said like during our first interview, like I'd love to have you back, and I was like, Heck yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, and I, I hope, I wish you in Summerland well. I'll be keeping my eye out, and maybe you'll see real dudes on TikTok soon. Who knows? <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely throw you a follow. All right, man. You have a good one and stay safe yeah, and stay healthy. Too.